You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the beautiful metropolis of Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. I am so incredibly grateful for all of our listeners. So a big, sincere thank you uh, for being a listener. This is episode 203. And in just a moment, we're going to be diving into an interview with a man by the name of Barnabas Piper, who is uh, an author, uh, blogger, content creator. And and I'm excited to get to that. Uh, We are dialoguing about the idea of being a curious, Christian. Uh, Barnabas has a new book out uh, with that title, just came out this week. Uh, You'll hear him talk about that in an interview. Uh, The idea of being a a curious Christian, the idea that we as Christians, those of us who are followers of Jesus, ought uh, ought to go through life being curious and inquisitive of the things we are engaging with, whether that's different scenarios we find ourselves in or conversations we end up having. We ought to be genuine question askers, being curious, being inquisitive, seeking to understand, and and, and more importantly, looking for God in every genre of our life, seeking to find God's handiwork in every single arena of our lives. And if if we are curious in this way, if we are looking for God's handiwork in every single way, we will find God in ways that maybe we didn't see him before. And maybe we'll begin to understand the character and nature of God just a little bit better than we uh, than we would have otherwise. I, I think being a curious Christian is a great concept. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this interview and be challenged to be curious Christians. I uh, had a great time chatting with Barnabas Piper about this topic, and I think you guys are really going to get a lot out uh, of this interview. So without further ado, my interview with Barnabas Piper. <laughs> We are on the line today with Mr. Barnabas Piper from the great metropolis of Nashville, Tennessee. Barnabas, how are you feeling today, sir? I'm doing pretty well. It's sunshiny and 70-something degrees in February, so I have nothing to complain about. That's fantastic. You know, I always see on Facebook my friends in the north, you know, cheering about 60 degrees in February. (laughs) Those of us who live in Florida, we're just thinking, uh, that's pretty normal. That's run-of-the-mill for us here, but... uh... (laughs) Well, 70 is a little warm for here, so I'll, I'm taking it. The sunshine is nice. It's, it's usually pretty uh, pretty gloomy during this time of year, so it's a, it's a nice break. That's good stuff. Uh, well, man, hey, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. Excited to have you. Um, just for our audience who maybe doesn't, don't know who you are or what you do, just give us kind of the 30-second, 60-second version of who you are, what you do, and how yeah. you ended up to where you are today. Yeah, so uh, I work at Lifeway Christian Resources. I do. I oversee all the marketing for our academic publishing, and then Word Search Bible Software, which is our so it's our Bible study software um, for pastors, church leaders, lessons planners. So I'm the I'm the marketing guy for that. I spent the last few years doing leadership development for Lifeway, so serving on that team, so working with churches to train staff uh, and and volunteers, things like that. I co-host a couple podcasts. One is called the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I co-host that with a guy named Todd Adkins, who is my former boss. Uh, and so each each episode, we just ask five questions, either of a guest or about a leadership topic, um, and just try to give practical insights into to leadership for church leaders, organizational leaders, et cetera. The other podcast I co-host is called The Happy Rant. We basically just riff on all things culture and Christian culture in a uh, – 
mildly sarcastic, somewhat disaffected way, essentially just trying to have a good sense of humor and keep things upbeat about uh, just life in general. And then I write for The Blazing Center. It's a website. Uh, I write for He Reads Truth. That's a devotional site. And then I'm an author. And then when I'm not doing those things, uh, I have two daughters who I love to hang out with and do stuff around Nashville and the city and state parks and things like that. I love to read. And sadly, I am still deeply in love with Minnesota sports teams who never <laughs> fail to disappoint me. Oh, I'm from Philadelphia originally, so I, I understand. I, I, I get it. Oh, so you're you're an angry, bitter person. It's super bad. It's I, mean, <laughs> I, I need some serious grace. Um, yeah, I do have one World Series in my in my lifetime. And, I have uh, two in my lifetime. One that I actually remember, but it's been uh, twenty. What are we at now? Twenty six years this year. So uh, I'm I'm almost thirty four. So I only sort of remember it. Uh, I uh, we have the Phillies two thousand eight, and I also have Villanova Villanova basketball now. It's true, so, you got that going for so, you. And so now eighty percent of our audience is thinking, get back to theology, guys. So <laughs> sorry, what are you what are you talking about? Uh, I, I by the way had I've listened to the five le- the five questions podcast. I love it. Would highly encourage anyone out there. I've listened to it multiple times. Um, I I was not familiar with the ha- Happy Rant podcast actually until yesterday, and so I have not checked it out. But I'm really interested. G- give us kind of a ten second snippet as the maybe yeah. one topic you've recently covered. So I co-hosted with Ted Cluck, who may be familiar to, to some listeners. He, he's co-authored a couple books with Kevin DeYoung, and then he's authored himself numerous other books. And then Ronnie Martin, who is a pastor, a, a musician, and an author himself. So uh, we love to poke fun at the Reformed world. Uh, all of us nice. are from, from that sphere. We, we, have, we love it. We own it. But we also realize that it's a really strange and quirky place. So that's a thing we like to riff on. Um, we like to we like to poke fun at all of the famous pastors in the world, uh, both uh, on all ends of the theological spectrum. So uh, we're equal opportunity when it comes to poking fun at people, including ourselves. We don't take ourselves too seriously. So we just try to keep it kind of goofy and lighthearted, and essentially give uh, give people the kind of conversation that they would want to be part of, and you know, get a good laugh out of, and then head to work. That kind of thing. I love it. That's really, really good stuff. Uh, I will be checking that out for sure this week. I have not done so yet, so I'm excited to do that. Glad to add that to my list. Uh, well, let, let's let's dive into what we actually were were scheduled <laughs> to talk about. Um, so you've got a new book coming out, and I'm very curious to hear about it, uh, mostly because of the title. So tell us about this book and why you wrote it. Yeah, so I have a book coming out uh, on March 1st, so I don't know whether that'll be. It'll be right around the time of the release of this podcast. Right. Uh, it's called The Curious Christian, How Discovering Wonder Enriches Every Part of Life. Um, and the idea behind it is simply that uh, I think Christians in general lack a sense of intentional curiosity. Uh, and you know, wonder is another word for it. Imagination is an aspect of it about God, about life, about the world that God created, about people who are different than ourselves, um, the implications of it are enormous. So the way I tried to, to shape the book is to start with our relationship with God and look at what what are we called to do. We are called to be image bearers of God. That's a vocation we were given. There's a book uh, called The Things of Earth by a guy named Joe Rigney, and he does this fantastic job of describing the vocation of being an image bearer, and I, I draw some of that in. And uh, But if we're tasked to be an image bearer, what, is that, what does that mean? Because God is infinite. 
So God is is infinitely beyond our ability to imagine, our ability to understand, our ability to, I mean, we certainly can't be him. So what does it mean to bear the image of that when we are these finite, fallen, frail creatures who perpetually screw up? So that that seems like a, a an incongruous task. But I think the key is intentional curiosity because it is an exploration of who God is to start with. And we, we obviously the entry point there is God's word because that is his written and, and handed to us revelation of himself. So we start with God's word and we, we explore it. And, and the thing is, since God, God's word is living and the Holy Spirit speaks through it, it's not a thing that we can read like another book and go, okay, well, I got it done. We we perpetually encounter more of God as as we live different aspects of life, as we encounter different challenges, as we grow and change. And so as we're doing this, we become better at being image bearers of God because there are these different aspects of God, different aspects of his character and his promises and uh, and his work that we begin to to understand more and we begin to trust more. But then as we turn that curiosity outward, into the world, we we begin to see the world differently. So, I mean, and, and in, in just about every aspect. So, um, you and I were just talking about sports. Uh, that's that's a thing about which we can be curious because that is right. that is a thing that God has given us. It's a gift. Now, it can also be an idol, but it's a gift. Uh, nature. Nature is a thing that speaks loudly of God. Scripture tells us this. Um, music. Art. Uh, every different aspect of culture, you can look at the way societies are structured. You can look at racial diversity. This is a, this is a, a key one, especially when you look at sort of the, the climate of our country right now. Mm-hmm. There is so much division along so many lines. I mean, it could be political lines, can be racial lines, just these, these hard divisions. How do we overcome those things? A key element is curiosity because that is the thing that says, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know how to put myself in your shoes. I don't know how to walk a mile in your shoes and understand you. But if I am genuinely, humbly curious, I'll begin to ask better questions. I'll begin to listen better. And the gap between you and I begins to decrease, not necessarily out of agreement, but out of understanding and out of, um, out of empathy, because curiosity is an inherently humble thing. It's an acknowledgement that I don't know. It's an acknowledgement that, uh, that I am finite. And so I think I, I, one thing I did not say is so curiosity is not simply asking questions. It is, a, it is an active pursuit of truth. So truth as God intends it to be. So uh, not just the way things are, but the way that God intends them to be. So uh, God has a purpose for the world. He created the world one way and then sin made it a different way. And so what is it that God intends for the world and are we pursuing that? Mm-hmm. Because that's, that is curiosity lived out. And so this, as, you, as you begin to point this in different directions, it's like a lens through which we can view just about anything. Uh, hobbies, work, relationships, family, um, uh, anything that we have an interest in, anything that we that we encounter for the first time, and it just it just snowballs into this ever increasing richness in life and ability to be an image bearer of God. 
man, you, you just said a bunch of things that I absolutely love. Taking some notes here. Uh, and so I, I want to kind of work backwards. Some things you just said that really stand out to me. And I really would love for you to just unpack a few of those mm-hmm. thoughts. Um, the first one you just the, the statement you just made a moment ago that I just wrote down, I'll probably tweet this today at some point, uh, <laughs> of really understanding, uh, of really going on a pursuit of truth in the way God intended it to be pursued or the way God intended it for mm-hmm. it to be understood. Um, can you unpack that thought a little bit on why that, I know you just said it, unpack a little bit why that's important and maybe, uh, maybe why, what's the inclination in us that causes us not to do this well? Like, why do we suck at this so often? <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, the, the, the second question is, uh, the second question is one, I mean, it's a combination of sin and laziness. Just, it's, uh, it is a hard thing to do. You know, being godly is not an easy thing to do. Reflecting God is not an easy thing to do. But let's let's talk about the first half. Like, what what is that pursuit of truth? What kind of that whole aspect of things? And I think um, I think we, especially those who are theologically minded, often define truth very narrowly. It is a set of definitive facts. It is you know we kind of take this uh, the the scientific empirical proof mindset of of truth is what can be proven, truth is what can be, there's evidence for, uh, we love systematic theology because it's, you know, point A, point B, point C, you get this this nice, neat structure. And those things are true, certainly, but they are not truth in its fullness. Right. Truth in its fullness is so much greater than the things that we can prove and the things that we can explain and the things that we can systematize. Truth is, truth is, reality as god intends it in, including some things that we don't understand and can't see and that's that is why truth can be found in things that cannot be systematized and organized truth can be found in uh singing birds and a violin concerto and in drama and in visual arts and in the crack of a baseball bat and in a conversation with uh with a loved one and in tears and in happy music mean, like, all of these things are reflective of truth but only a curious person recognizes them as truth. And I think the theologically minded who lack curiosity miss the beauty and the power of those things, and those are connection points to God. I mean, they would probably generally fall under uh, what, what we would call general revelation, but, but they are revelation. They are, they are a revelation of something about God and his, his creative uh, artistry, and his intention for the world, and what is yet to come when things are perfected uh, when in, in the new heavens and the new earth. So that is why curiosity as a pursuit of truth is so profound, because you're looking for elements of God's handiwork in every area of life. Man, I absolutely love that thought. Uh, side, I love that you included the crack of a bat in there. That was great. <laughs> Oh, it's, I mean, it's, I, I would rather hear that than like somebody play GCD on a guitar and lead a Chris Tomlin song. So <laughs> no offense. No, dude, that's so great, man. Like the idea of, uh, I, I, I don't know how, remember how you exactly just said it. The idea of, I am looking for God's handiwork in every area of life or every genre mm-hmm. of life. Uh, I, a few years ago, I was at a pastor's conference. Uh, you may be familiar, a guy named Josh Curie. He's a lead pastor of a church called Frontline Church out of Oklahoma. Um, and I heard him speak at the Acts 29 Pastor Conference a couple years ago, and he said something that, um, that that has stuck with me. And he's, you know, as you're evaluating situations, he said, what must God be like that he did 
this? I mean, just simple things like – Yes, that's a great question. I love it. What what must God be like that if we eat too much sugar, we get fat? Uh, What must God be like that – you know that uh, some people are. Six what must foot- God be like that he? What must God be like that he gave us sugar to eat in the first place? Exactly. Like he didn't have to do that. Right. Sugar's amazing, uh, and uh, so is salt. And exactly. And and I, you know we can blame Adam and Eve for the fact that they give us heart problems and and weight problems. But <laughs> in the new heavens and the new earth, like high sodium, high sugar diet, that could be the thing. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I just thinking about what you were just saying. I'm looking for God's handiwork in in every area. I'm looking for things that teach me, uh, that give me a grander perspective of who God is and yeah. uh, and and how He intended things to be. Um, uh, something you said earlier that I just jotted down that I thought was really valuable. You, you mentioned really kind of just being curious. Kind of can almost uh, I'm, I'm impl- kind of what the implication was. It can be healing to relationships. It, mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned politics, but this is probably in so many ways in our lives. Um, and so I hear you saying being a curious Christian really helps bridge the gap between where we are and the perspectives that we don't currently have. That yes, there's, there's ab- a, absolutely. It brings us there. Yeah, and I think so. So if if you want to uh, let's let's look at let's look at the racial the racial tensions and racial divides. Um, I am a thirty something white male middle class professional. I I am like I'm the embodiment of white privilege, and uh, that's that phrase I know is a. I probably should have come with a trigger warning on that one, but uh, it's I, I believe that it is a real thing because I believe that there's a majority culture uh, in in America. There's there's dominant culture which sets the bar for what everybody else uh, kind of has to live up to, and so as as a, I'm the core of that in terms of demographic, that means that every day I go through life and I do not have to think about how everybody else views the world because my way of viewing the world is the cultural way of viewing the world. So the world revolves around me, not me around anybody else's world, which means that when a minority, so a Hispanic person, a black person, an Asian person says, expresses frustration or pain, or uh, there is conflict between their worldview and mine, it is easy for me to blow that off as, well, that's like that's not real. I don't need to take it seriously. I can make an excuse. I don't even have to pay attention to it. But curiosity says, where are they coming from with that? What, mm. what is real in that? What is true in what they are saying? There is – because it, it, there's two options. There's either truth in what they are saying or they are lying through their teeth or they're crazy. And I, the last two options don't seem real to me. So a curious person, if I'm going to be a genuinely curious person, I need to say there's, there are not a million perspectives on this world that I do not know anything of. Right. I only lived one life. I did not live their life. So their experiences and their perspective have truth in it that I don't know yet. What questions do I need to ask? What attitudes do I need to take on to be humble, to listen, to understand, and to recognize that majority culture is not moral culture? It's not, it's not, it's not the right way. It's just the dominant way. And so how, how do I go as a curious, humble person to learn where they are coming from, what they mean, when they say, whatever that perspective is? And so it's – and it can be very uncomfortable because they may be saying something about me or about my culture that right. I get that my my gut reaction is to be offended by. But the curiosity says, but what if there's truth in what they're saying? Right. 
it doesn't curiosity is not a defensive stance it is an open stance and a humble stance and and i want to be careful because curiosity can sound very trite when you use that word because it can sound like oh i'm curious about that like i'm just sort of i'm sort of dabbling in something but but in this sense it's not dabbling it is exposing yourself to risk it is a vulnerable thing uh andy crouch wrote this great book called Strong and Weak, and he describes vulnerability as exposure to meaningful risk. In this sense, curiosity is that kind of vulnerability. It is exposing yourself to the meaningful risk of learning from, listening to, and and probably changing something about your life and your perspective because there is truth in what other cultures, other viewpoints, and other life experiences say when it comes to things like racial tension. And that's just one example. I could not have said any of that better. I, I, I'm so thankful for that. Um, I literally was just having a conversation with, with a really good friend of mine, who, the same thing about, about someone we know. Um, and, and I had not put myself – I had not been curious. And I realized it was sort of an, an indictment on myself, realizing I had not been curious. And when I became more curious – I instantly found myself understanding better. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I was condoning his right. sinful actions, but it gave me better insight. And I realized that he wasn't all wrong. In fact, there were things I was wrong about that he was right about. Yeah, and, and so in some cases, yeah, in some cases it's a question of, of theological differences. I mean, so I come from the generally reformed camp. We are not very good in our camp at uh, at at listening to and understanding people who hold different viewpoints. Right. We have a generally arrogant stance, which is funny because we believe in the doctrines of grace, and there's usually, those don't usually go hand in hand, grace and arrogance. But uh, we, we tend to take a very arrogant stance towards Arminians or people who hold different theological viewpoints instead of going, there's a very simple question, and it's, well, what is it that draws them to that? There's a, there's a thing that draws them into that viewpoint about God. And if you understand that, you understand something of their heart. You understand something of the thing that makes them, that they're either fearful of or they're worshipful over. There's, there's something there that we are missing. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but until we understand it, it's very difficult to just condemn it. And so that's another area where a humble curiosity goes a long way towards bridging gaps and realizing, ultimately, I think, realizing we are both trying to lift Jesus up and make Jesus big in people's eyes and, and be an image bearer of God well. And so there's more commonality than difference in a lot of ways. Man, that's really, really good stuff. And so being a curious Christian is so helpful to me in so many regards, in so many areas of my life. Um, and then the, the last thing you mentioned is, is the, the area of my, or not the last, one of the early things you mentioned that, that I wanted to hit on was the idea of reading the Bible like any other book. Or we, we, Because we want to be curious Christians, it, it means, or one of the byproducts is we don't read the Bible like, like it's any other book. It's not, yeah. just a, it's not just a history book with a bunch of facts. Um, it's something much more alive than that. And so how does being a curious Christian impact how we approach the Scripture? Well, I think um, I think if we if we come every day that we you know every day we come to the scriptures we come with the idea that this is not a book this is a revelation this is a window into God mm. and it's it is not the fullness of God because God's fullness couldn't be contained in pages that's impossible but it's it is the 
So it's it's a limited view on who God is, like a window. You can only see right. so so much. You can't see the whole world, but it's everything we need. Right. And it does, and and we see different things every time we look through that window, that revelation. And so, and th- and then we remember uh, Hebrews four that it says the word of God is what living and active. Like, do we think that the Bible that sits on our table is is active? It works on us, not just us going to it. And so, and so a curious person goes with questions. What does God have to tell me today? What am I going to see of God's character and God's plan and God's work? And then it goes with a prayer, and it asks because we recognize, a curious person recognizes what we don't know or that we don't know. And it says, God, I don't know what I don't know. Would you show me something of yourself? Would you speak to me by your spirit through the words that are in these pages so that when I look into this window, I see something amazing, something beautiful, something challenging, something convicting, something that I need today? Man, that is a great, great thought. I want to challenge every person listening to this. To, to, that's a, what a great visual, by the way. I'm going to steal that. I'll be using that in sermons for the rest of my life. It's a window, <laughs> and I'll be asking the Lord that question as I, as I approach the scriptures tonight. Lord, give me, speak to me through these pages, as you just said, Spirit of God, speak to me through these words on these, on these pieces of paper so that I can see and behold you in a way that maybe I hadn't before. Um, that's, that's ultimately what I, what a curious Christian ought to do. What a great, great thought. Um, Barnabas, man, we, uh, we, we've gone, uh, we've gone over time. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I'm so, so thankful, uh, for you willing to invest in our audience before we go. Uh, any other closing thoughts, any, any closing challenges or encouragements you'd give to our audience? I guess I would simply say this, that I, I hope that if people get the book and even if they don't, that they feel both permission and inspiration to, to pursue curiosity mm-hmm. and just simply by, th- there's two very simple things you can do. You can begin to take more note of what is around you, the people who are around you, the world that's around you, and then take notes of it. So jot things down, record them in your phone, take pictures so that you have a you have a record to remind yourself of the things that you see God's fingerprints on around you. So, I mean, we already talked at length about scripture and that's that's the starting point, but just do that in the the moments of life as you just go through it. And I think that's that would be an enormously helpful thing to just begin to see the world differently as God's creation. Man, that's really, really, that's a great thought. I've tried to do that. I haven't done it nearly as well as I had hoped, but uh, I want to, ch- I want to challenge every person out there to take the, take this challenge to heart, to really look for God's handiwork in every area of our lives. Really good stuff. Uh, Barnabas, before I let you go, just tell us how, uh, how can people keep up with you if they want to connect with you or kind of mm-hmm. find out about all things Barnabas Piper? Uh, you can go to BarnabasPiper.com. That is, uh, that's where you'll find a lot of my blog posts and articles. You can find out more about the books there. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Barnabas Piper, so pretty straightforward. And I have a Facebook page you can find as well. If you just search Barnabas Piper, uh, you'll see that. So Facebook, Twitter, and then BarnabasPiper.com are probably the easiest places. Fantastic. And we'll have all those linked up in the show notes. Uh, if for some reason you're driving, you can't, can't jot it down, head over to TheologyForTheRestOfUs.com, and we'll have all of Barnabas's links uh, there in the show notes for this episode. Mr. Piper, thank you so much for taking time out. I really appreciate it, man. It has been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. 
And there you have it, my interview with Barnabas Piper. Hope you enjoyed that. I loved getting a chance to talk to him. Uh, I was challenged and encouraged by the conversation myself, so sure hope you were as well. Uh, I love the idea of being a curious Christian, asking good questions, engaging uh, with people, uh, seeking to to see things from a different perspective. You know, really, when, when you engage with things, looking for God's handiwork in every area. Ask yourself the question, what must God be like that he did this? You know, if, if you see a dog, Ask yourself, what must God be like that he created dogs? What what must God be like that he created snow? What must God be like that he did X, Y, Z? Whatever, whatever thought you have as you're corresponding with people, as as you're having conversations, be inquisitive, be curious. I wonder what it's like to be in their shoes. I'm curious what their perspective might be. And I'm just so challenged by the reminder that when we are curious Christians, when we genuinely seek to understand and look for God in people and in circumstances, that the Holy Spirit will challenge us and maybe broaden our perspective in a way that will help us understand God better. Maybe God will use our curiosity and our imaginations to enhance our sanctification and to draw us into a better understanding of Him and His character. And that, my friends, would be awesome. Encourage all of us to be curious Christians. I hope this content has been valuable and helpful for you. I hope it's been challenging and encouraging. And I want to encourage you, if you like what you've heard, to get a copy of the book. But before I let you go, I want to do something. I want to give away a few copies of the book. I've got three copies from the publisher. I like to give them away for free to members of the audience. So here's how you get a copy of it. Go on Twitter, follow me on Twitter, and then just tweet at me. Just say, hey, Kenny, would love a copy of Barnabas Piper's book, and I'll shoot you a copy. That's it. I'll correspond with you by email, and I'll get your address, and I'll send you a copy of the book. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H. O-R-T-I-Z. It's first come, first serve. The first three people to tweet at me and ask for a copy will be the first ones to get it. Three copies, absolutely free, for the first three people that tweet at me and ask me for a copy of the book. Now, if you miss out on that, don't worry. You can get a copy of the book. You can either get it anywhere books are sold, or you can just head on over to Barnabas' website, barnabaspiper.com. Or you can go to our website, theologyfortherestofus.com. Look at the show notes there. All of the episode or all of the info for Barnabas and how you can get a copy of the book will be there. Also, I want to encourage you to check out his podcast, both of them. Check out his blog. Maybe check out some of the other books uh, that Barnabas has written. Check out some of the stuff. Give him uh, lots of support. I believe you will find his stuff valuable. Last thought before I let you go is I do want to mention that Barnabas Piper is indeed the son of a famous pastor by the name of John Piper. Uh, but I didn't want to mention that in an interview or even before, kind of went it to the end. Uh, people sometimes are curious. Yes, he is the son. But the reality is, I believe that Barnabas' content is valuable on its own, not because he's the son of a well-known pastor. I believe his his content and stuff was valuable, so I didn't feel the need to mention it at the beginning of the interview. But for those of you who are curious, yes, he is indeed the son of John Piper. But that should not influence you at all. His stuff is good enough by itself. Go get a copy. Go pick it up. Buy his book. Give him support. Check out the podcast. Tweet at him, follow him, show him lots of love, and tell him that you appreciate his incredible content and his challenge uh, to us to be curious Christians. Hey, thanks again for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hope this has been helpful and encouraging. If you know someone that you think would make a great interview guest, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email. Or if you have a question or a topic that you want me to address on the show, you can shoot me an email as well. I promise I will do an episode in response to every topic that comes my way. The best email address is heyortiz 
at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Hey, to ensure that you never miss a single episode of the podcast, make sure that you're subscribed in iTunes or in your favorite podcast player that'll guarantee that every episode gets delivered directly to your device. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.